Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 91 of the F1 Show for coverage of the Canadian Grand Prix in Montreal. I'm Robin Warner. And I am Jim Lau. And through the magic of internet technology, we are not in the same place at the same time right now. Um, I have unfortunately had to go, I'm in Washington, D.C. right now for work. And I was not able to uh, schedule that around F1 weekends, so uh, we are in different places. So if the show sounds a little bit disjointed, uh, that may be part of the, the uh, problem. This is actually the only second, the, the only only the second time we've done this, and uh, hopefully this will uh, come out well for you guys and uh, enjoy the show as always. And we had a pretty pretty crazy race weekend. Um, you know, it's as, as you know, longtime listeners of the show will remember. Uh, my wife and I actually went to the Canadian Grand Prix last year. And after looking at, uh, you know, Friday practice and qualifying and all that and seeing it was nice, beautiful weather, we're thinking, man, you know, it you know, would have been cool to go there again. And then we saw the weather on Sunday and we're like, well, well I'm really glad that we picked 2010 instead of 2011 because we had a heck of a downpour and it really mixed things up for the, in, a, in a new way this season. Uh, absolutely. Uh, you know, first and foremost, uh, uh, thank you once again for having your honeymoon in Canada uh, that photo that adorns the um, top of our homepage is, is taken by you, and it's a beautiful shot in Canada. And I, and uh, that reminds me of that every day. It's brilliant, brilliant honeymoon. Um, but absolutely, for this year, what was interesting was the dry weather that they had on Friday and Saturday um, for all the F1 events, at least. And then on Sunday, just a huge turn of events, a track temperature of under 70 degrees, an air temperature of well under 70 degrees, and, you know, at times, crazy amounts of rain. And uh, it, it absolutely led to a uh, dramatic event. But even before then, I think qualifying was interesting. Uh, we had we saw Nico Rosberg topping the charts in practice. And then qualifying uh, had, you know, quite a bit of interesting uh twists and turns to it as well yeah at the end of the day it was still sebastian vettel on top but the ferraris were just on his tails i mean i you know really really solid performance for the ferraris in qualifying so certainly in the dry at least they were able to hold up really well um but the rest of it i I don't have a whole lot of other insight on it i was not able to watch qualifying myself so i just was able to read the results yeah what i mean qualifying was good it was exciting as it always is and I think what was most striking about Q3 wasn't even that it was um, Alonso and Massa that were chasing Vettel in Q3. It's that they, they genuinely got close. You know, Alonso's time at the end was uh, just a tenth and a half off of Vettel's, not the usual, you know, five tenths, six tenths, seven tenths that we've seen. And the other thing that was a little bit uncharacteristic is Vettel's time uh, his quick time was set early in the Q3 session, and he did go out again. He was looking to do one of his um, sit-on-it, try-to-catch-me boys, um, save a set of tires moves. But then the Ferraris were getting close, so Vettel went back out on another set of super softs, and he could not beat his own time. Hmm. So uh, it, it was interesting to watch from that point and to see, you know, to see Vettel not pull off his, you know, almost supernatural ability to always find more speed every lap he's out there. Um, But yet again, you know, it's all academic at the end of the day. He was still on pole, still by, in the traditional sense, a kind of comfortable margin, a tenth and a half isn't what we've seen earlier this season. But that's still, you know, that's still a healthy chunk of distance in, in, in Formula One terms. So, 
uh, you know, the fact that it ended up raining on Sunday just put a whole new twist to things because there was a lot of debate going on, excuse me, about how many sets of tires we were going to see drivers go through. Some people were saying, oh, it might be one stop. Other people were saying, oh, it might be five. And uh, we turned, it turns out the race winning strategy for pit stops was six uh, in the wet. But uh, that includes a drive through penalty, <laughs> we might add. <laughs> but uh, it, it was very, it was interesting to see, but then to have that all go away on Sunday. In a way, it was disappointing, but obviously um, they had a way to make up for that. Yeah, so it was a race um, and th- that for us in the U.S. was covered on Fox, so we didn't get a pre-race show. So it actually kind of, as I was tuning it in and finding the right channel in the hotel room here, the race was actually just getting underway under the safety car. So there's no installation no. lap. There's no standing start. There's no fanfare to it. It's just kind of like, oh, I guess the race is going. Jim, you didn't you didn't miss anything. I had it TiVo'd, and you know I didn't start the race till a couple hours late, and that was the beginning of the coverage. Hello, and welcome to uh, the Canadian Grand Prix. We're on the first lap under a safety car. I mean, that's how they started the how they started the coverage. So, yeah, so a combination of the coverage and the safety car start meant that there was really no uh, fanfare or right. excitement there. Um, but uh, yeah, so then you know it actually was was clean for the first lap, um, and you know first first little while there. Um, but then, you know, Lewis Hamilton uh, <laughs> just... Now, when you say first lap, do you mean you're talking about first lap under green, right, Jim? Because uh, there was a good four or five laps under the safety car before they even got going. Yeah, and I I would like to count all the laps under the safety cars because we had so many, uh, you know, so many today in different different time periods and, and all that. Actually, five safety car deployments in all, which ties the record, which is also set in Canada actually, uh, of five deployments in a single race. So uh, that's the, you know, safety car is definitely getting some miles on it between uh, between Monaco and here in Canada. But, um, yeah, so then under green, um, we've got, it's it's then, you know, still quite wet, and but you think everyone's going to be able to manage themselves. But the, you know, as of late, hot-headed Lewis Hamilton um, actually gets into, uh, you know, gets into a small crash with... Uh, with Weber early on, just, you know, in the turn three, um, just kind of, I think an over opportunistic move and, uh, you know, just got him, got off and, and bumped the car around and, uh, yeah. you know, kept going. Absolutely. I saw that and I was like, Lewis, this is exactly what we were talking about before where even, even if let's say it was Mark's fault and he shut the door, it was the kind of move where your chances of gaining, weren't much better than your chances of losing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because of the circumstances, the volatile conditions. And what happened at the end of the day is Hamilton made the pass but still ended up losing two places. So, you know, I was thinking to myself, oh, no, Hamilton, please, not again. Uh, For one thing, I picked him to win the race. But for another, you know, this was the kind of behavior that uh, was – suspect and ended up uh, creating quite a bit of debate um, all over the F1 community, including the F1 Show Facebook page. But uh, he, he, did, uh, he did manage to, he did manage to uh, keep going, make the pass stick in a way, and um, it was deemed a racing instant, and, um, and then continue to make progress again. Uh, moving up the field, he was he was quite quick, and to the point that he caught his teammate Jensen Button, mm-hmm. and which then you know is the the next bit of drama for Lewis Hamilton is that he's kind of he's right on the tail 
of Jensen for a little while, and uh, just you know, a little bit, just a few corners really. I think he's, he caught up to him very quickly, uh, and then, in, and I guess how you describe this kind of depends on your your point of view and who, what drivers you favor and all that. But um, you know, he went to get around Jensen. Uh, and kind of an awkward spot on track um, where he didn't go kind of dive the, down the inside. It was kind of what was going to be on the outside of the next turn. And I, don't, I think basically Jensen didn't see him there um, because he wouldn't have expected a car to be passing him there. Or, you know, it was a spray and there's everything else going on. And basically just got over toward the edge of the track where ha- Hamilton happened to be. Uh, do you think that's a diplomatic enough way of describing what happened? Yeah, that one was tough for me because every time I looked at it, I had a different opinion and uh, the best, I think, I think you described it reasonably well. Where uh, Lewis, you can't say Lewis did anything wrong. It's not like Lewis was forcing his way. Button definitely came over on Lewis, but it was certainly not where you'd expect to uh, find your teammate on the road. And um, you know, so more of a, more of just a. a you know, an unfortunate circumstance, and uh, they ended up colliding, of course, and that uh, ended up taking Hamilton out of the race, and at the time, at the moment that it happened, Button actually got on the radio and yelled, what is he doing? (laughs) Because I don't think Button really knew where Hamilton had come from, he just knew that he, uh, he hit him. And uh, he was pretty upset about it at the time. Yeah, Button's uh, going along, and then all of a sudden there's just bits of car, and he looks over, and it's his teammate, and it's, you know, what the heck's going on? And I think, you know, right. and Hamilton's description of it, um, when he was interviewed after this, so, so that ended his race. It broke his rear suspension. He was able to drive kind of a, half of the way back around the track, but then just had to park it, and, and he was done. Um, and he did have some interviews with the media, and thankfully he had, you know, was was able to cool down between the incident and his interviews, or had some talkings to about uh, how to interact with the media. So he didn't say anything crazy. Didn't, you know, really. Uh, he doesn't have any reason to have his foot in his mouth at this point. Um, but, well, uh, quite on the contrary, I thought he was quite gracious. I thought he was mature. He was gracious, and I thought he was very level-headed about the whole circumstance. He apologized to Mark Webber saying Mark Webber gave him room and then he slid into Mark, which is the way I observed it as well. And he apologized to Mark. He said, I hope that didn't affect his race too badly. And uh, and then with the with the button situation, he said, you know, I thought I was alongside him, but I'm not sure. And yeah, I think what he, what, I, he, what he sort of posited is that he, he had sort of halfway made the pass, that he was sort of up almost side by side with the car. And looking at the the overhead pictures, which, of course, is a much different point of view from what you have in the car, he really wasn't. Uh, so it wasn't the case that, um, you know, it wasn't like they were side by side and, and Jensen turned over on him or anything like that. So he was maybe a little bit, um, a little bit, uh, you know, generous with, with where he had made, you know, how far he had made on as far as that pass in his mind. But, yeah, he was just very, like, kind of level-headed. And, yeah, this is, you know, really sorry that this happened and blah, blah, blah. And, um, right. I and he... And he... Sorry, go ahead. He he made a point to say that that was his opinion. He's like, I'm not actually sure, but from my perspective, this is what I thought had happened. And this is exactly the kind of thing we were talking about what ha- about Monaco is in Monaco he was saying with certainty it was fact that it had happened this way and that he had done nothing wrong. And here he was saying from my point of view, from what I saw, this is this is how I read the situation. And two very, very different uh, 
uh, ways of going about things. And I, and I hope that uh, Canadian interviewed Hamilton sticks around and, um, and Monaco interviewed Hamilton uh, is laid to rest. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I guess, you know, the, just that, that some of that Canadian friendliness and uh, hospitality and so on has gotten <laughs> to him. Right. And he's just thinking, you know what, maybe it's just my opinion. I'm, let me just, you know, take it easy on this. Uh, so maybe, I, hmm? maybe he had some uh, glorious poutine and that just calmed him right down. Oh, that stuff is good. How, how can you be upset after having some of that? Dude, oh, and those smoked meat sandwiches like they have in Montreal, dude? That is and out, there you go. Outstanding. And then... Rihanna came to visit Hamilton later on. I mean, I guess it, it couldn't have been all bad of a day, right? Yeah, fair enough. Uh, so, so actually, well, so as this race happened on uh, the same time zone that you and I are on, uh, it was really nice to be able to watch it live. And in my case, I guess you were just 20 minutes delayed or whatever. Um, I, I started two hours delayed, and I caught up an hour and a half. Yeah. Um, blasting through all the all the red flag part yeah so we did have a lively discussion on facebook and twitter and we'll talk a bit more about that in the feedback section but while we're on the uh lewis and jensen incident i did post on the facebook page uh actually facebook has a new feature where you can post sort of quick polls and uh and i and i asked who was at fault in the crash between hamilton and button today with the option of was it hamilton was it button was it neither just a racing incident or both of their faults really they should have been able to avoid each other and uh, we have actually, uh, with 21 votes as of right now, and of course you can uh, hop onto the Facebook page at facebook.com slash F1 show and answer for yourself. But right now the winning uh, category is neither, just a racing incident with 21 votes. But actually next is uh, people with saying it's Lewis's fault with 18 votes. Uh, then Jensen, there's only seven people thought it was Jensen's fault and one person thought, you know, both. It was sort of really both of their faults. Um, so... A lot of people that do blame Hamilton for that, and I guess I can see that in, in terms of just maybe it was too aggressive a move um, and, you know, that it really shouldn't have happened in the first place. But, uh, you know, uh, I personally voted that it was kind of a racing thing because I don't think either one was really doing anything wrong. It was just kind of the unfortunate circumstance of uh, of what happened, which I guess in my mind is a racing incident. But uh, it's... it's I, I, mean, I, was, I, I think for me, it, it, I would completely agree that it's a racing incident if it wasn't so soaking wet. But given how wet it was, I, uh, here's I think it would have been easier for Hamilton to avoid the situation than it was easy than it would have been for Button to avoid the situation. Does that make sense? Yeah. If 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 you had to say, okay, which one of you could have avoided causing this? I think you have to say that Hamilton could have while still being a race car driver and trying to race, then Button could have. Because considering the conditions and everything else, you'd want to um, either check check up or at least try to go for the inside because Button's natural tendency from there is going to be to head towards the outside to you know properly take the next corner. But, um, you know... That was kind of a shame for me is, you know, Button definitely seemed to learn how to deal with the media, but I still feel like there's an opportunity for him to improve by making those calculations about, okay, if I make this pass or not, I move up a position. But if I attempt the pass, what are the risks and rewards of that? Yeah. Hamilton, Do you know what I mean? Hamilton you're talking about now? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's – uh I mean, he's serious. he really seems to have learned his lesson with the media and with, uh, you know, kind of a, whatever it is, giving himself a cool-down lap or, or whatever it took to uh, 
really think think on his feet a little bit better there. So yeah, hopefully uh, in the future he will uh, learn this lesson as well and go forward. But I mean, it's you know he's he's young, but he's not that he's not a rookie driver anymore. He is a world champion, and uh, it does seem like it like these are lessons that maybe he should have known by now. But either way, uh, that that ended his race. That was actually seven laps into the race, um, and then uh, you know we did have uh, I guess you know a couple more couple more laps of just kind of this you know wet running and so on um and then the we had a safety car just kind of come out where i wasn't quite sure why at first everyone was just kind of you know online was just kind of like huh safety car why um and basically just because it started getting you know too rainy too quickly and then a lap or two later it uh the race was red flagged and suspended i think that was with with what 24 laps on the clock uh where it was 25 but yeah yeah. i mean and uh, and then, you know, it's one of those kind of the waiting game of, OK, well, 10 more minutes and we're going to assess the situation and we'll see, you know, if it's safe to restart. Um, if Kimi Raikkonen had been in the paddock, we would have seen a cool ice cream and Coke shot. That was a, <laughs> a favorite of everyone's. Um, and uh, and then it was, you know, we, we kept getting reports that, oh, 10 more minutes, you know, and and, uh, and it should clear up in the, in the next 10 minutes for an hour and a half. Uh, and <laughs> It was it was basically two hours um, until they announced, okay, it's you know in ten more minutes we're going to start, uh, and then eventually uh, you know it was almost two and a half hours, and so then then they actually did have some more running under the safety car, uh, and uh, and you know I think just like in Le Mans this weekend, I think the safety car probably had to pit for fuel itself to then get back out and lead more safety car laps, but uh, then yeah eventually the race was restarted. Um, and uh, and then, uh, you know, the, it did clear up enough. And actually, I, I got to give a lot of credit to the Canadian crews. I mean, we saw a bunch of people out there with brooms and with uh, like like street sweepers and all kind of, you know, everything from, uh, you know, just just driving these uh, these Mercedes cars around the, uh, you know, just just road cars, you know, around trying to splash the puddles to, to dissipate the water and everything. But it, they actually did a really good job to get all the standing water off the track. Uh, and, and so they were able to restart it. And, uh, yeah, had some some uh, safety car running, but then really got going again and. It was. It took forever, and you know, you had the benefit of TiVo to kind of uh, fast forward through that period. So you know, uh, we're kind of like, man, this what a kind of a disaster of a race. You know, the really the only incident was the, uh, you know, the Hamilton button crash, and then we're sort of like, oh right. wow, this is taking forever, and maybe they'll stop it, and maybe it'll be half points, and wow, that's kind of lame. Then the race really, really opened up at that point. I would say. Uh, I was. It was just incredible to watch. You know, to see. You know, first of all, uh, Vettel. You know, there, just like you said, there were five safety car periods, and every single time, Vettel took off like a shot, immediately opened up a gap, and then just started comfortably cruising. And his performance was incredible throughout the throughout the race. And um, but yeah, once it was red flagged for a long time, and then it was kind of a reset for everybody. You know, real similar actually to what happened in Monaco, except it wasn't two laps left or three laps left or whatever it was. It was you know another half of the race. You know, people worked on the cars, they got new tires, the whole thing, and you know people that weren't on a wet setup, they were on more of a dry setup. Everyone was kind of on more of a wet setup now. So any strategies that had gone into the weekend were basically erased, and everyone was on an even playing field, mm-hmm. and. You know, once again, it seemed like Vettel was, he had complete control of this race. Uh, the restarts weren't phasing him. He was actually just going to run away from it. And then, uh, I, now, I, Jensen Button got in contact. Was it with Mark Weber? He got in contact again and ended up, uh, 
ending up cutting a tire. Now, and I cannot remember for the life of me who, well, there, who he was in contact with. Button had a dramatic day. Uh, the the big contact he had later on was with Fernando Alonso. In Alonso, the, in I'm sorry, yes. And um, which beached him. Yeah, absolutely. Which, yeah, was sort of a, a – we didn't have a good angle on that one, I don't think, to really replay and, and really get a, a, that great of a grasp of what happened. Or I guess, you know, I didn't have TV here, so maybe I missed it. But – um, but yeah, he, uh, you know, Button um, having, he did a pit stop and then he had a, a, actually a drive-through penalty um, and, you know, kind of back to back. And uh, and so he ended up actually, he was in, I think, last place. 21st. Yeah. 21st. He was the last of the running cars. Uh, and, uh, and, and so, you know, he was, you know, storming his way back up through the field and so on. But anyway, got up to uh, Alonzo's car and, and they just, they got together and it kind of ended up, the, the result was that Alonzo kind of got spun off the track and just happened to have the, the center of the car, you know, kind of high centered on one of the curbs and just, you know, it ended his race. It wasn't a huge crash, but it was enough to, you know, that they, they wouldn't push him off or whatever. And uh, the car was beached. So it did end Fernando Alonso's race. And, uh, and, and it was enough to, uh, yeah, to lose a tire for Button. So Button goes into the pits again. And I'm thinking to myself, and that's, that's how he ended up 21st. Oh. And I'm thinking to myself, man, there's what a terrible day for McLaren, right? It just can't go wrong. I can't go right for them. And then – and so anyway, I did watch a replay of of the Alonzo uh, Button incident. And what I saw was uh, Button had the inside line uh, on on Fernando. He was making a pass. And then – and I'm, I'm using my hands to visually show you yeah. so it will be more clear because you can look at my hands. Because I can see for, that and our listeners can see that. Exactly. Anyway, so Button's on the inside coming up into a corner. It's like turn three or something. And so Button's got the inside. They're alongside each other. So Button has the corner, but he breaks earlier than Fernando. So Fernando, then as they're turning in, Fernando edges by half a car. But then Fernando, in my opinion, kind of clips a little bit more towards the apex than he should have. But, you know, Again, but was also in a race car, but was also racing. So I don't want to take Button's side on everything, but that, I mean, from what I saw, it seemed a little bit like Fernando didn't give quite enough room. But uh, I, I'm, I'm non-committal on that statement because uh, I'm, I'm sensitive to becoming way too pro-Button here. But, um, but anyway, so that's what happened. So they kind of clipped corners uh, uh, that way, and that was enough to spin to spin Fernando around. And just like you said, he just happened to uh, settle with the center of the car on the curb uh, and his front wheels just hanging off the ground. Nothing he can do. Yeah. So that's another top runner out of the race. I mean, we had Lewis out early on. We have Fernando out at that point. And, uh, and then the only other retirements were, uh, you know, actually Heike Kovalainen in the Lotus. I just mentioned that um, was just after the restart. And actually while they're behind the safety car, of all time, just after just after the red flag uh, restart, yeah. Just after the yeah the giant two hour pause, um, they're just going again, and he has a drive shaft failure, uh, which is like man, after all that time and waiting and potential for checking stuff out, whatever, it seems it's unfortunate, obviously, to have a, uh, a, a you know, mechanical failure like that right after that. And what I figured was probably happening is probably just trying to get heat in his tires and doing some clutch dumps and some stuff like that, and that apparently was just enough to uh, to to blow the drive shaft. So that that sucks to retire after just getting everything back going and, you know, after two hours of waiting and the rain finally lets up and you go out in your car breaks. So that sucks. Um, Definitely. But, uh, and then force India who just had a, had a dreadful day with Adrian Sutil out. 
Um, and then uh, and then later later in the race, actually, Paul Duresta, who I guess is classified as three laps down, but um, yeah, didn't didn't quite make it yeah. to the end. Well, Duresta, yeah, just a couple laps ago, and Adrian, uh, he was the first guy to go out on slicks, and I think just you know pizza when he should have French fried and uh, and didn't have a good time. Yeah, so that that part of the race was where that's sort of my favorite part of these wet but drying races is that. You know, everyone's watching the lap times. Who's going to be the first one to go on a dry tires? Is he going to slide off the track spectacularly, or is he going to start to make it work? And then how do the different drivers react to that and so on? That's, that's You know, we haven't had that so far this year, and that was just brilliant because we see Adrian Sutil go out, and he's he's setting some really good lap times. Like, all right, this is really cool. Um, then Massa was another early trans, uh, you know, guy to, to pit and get slick tires, and he actually, actually had a really hairy moment um, going around. uh was a uh, HRT, I think. No, yeah, HRT. Let's say it was, um, and uh, just <laughs> one of the number twenty-two or twenty-three. I don't know, whatever. Um, uh, no worries. Not a virgin. Yeah, it was an HRT, um, and just got off onto the wet stuff with the slicks, and it just just got away from him. And it was actually on a straightaway, but he just had just enough lateral force in the car and this kind of lane change, basically. Uh, then he, you know, ended up actually kind of skating along the wall, knocked off his front wing. He was able to limp the car back around to the pits, get a new front nose on it and get back out. Uh, but that certainly uh, slowed him down quite a bit. And so it's, it's those moments of, you know, kind of the dry tires on the, you know, drying track, but that's still pretty wet offline and kind of who can handle that, who can't. Uh, I really like that part of these races. Uh, you know, the the whole two hours of nothing was not the most exciting part of the race, but then it really, you know, it did start getting interesting. And uh, yeah, so so props to those guys. And then actually Mark Webber got onto the uh, got onto dries. Um, and that was a good opportunity for Red Bull to see because uh, Webber was, I think, in sixth at that point. Um, that was sort of their their guinea pig. To say, you know, how does Mark Webber get on? Um, right. in, in case and, it's terrible. and at the same time, Vettel was doing really well on the inters. So um, or on the full, he, uh, he was on the full wet still. No. No, he was on the inters because he swapped. He he very cleverly. The team called him in right when the safety car came out to clear Alonso's car, and, and that's when he switched to inters. So he was on inters, and he was competitive on those tires, um, uh, even as other people were switching to dries. Yeah. So actually, a bunch of cars had come in just prior, probably just the previous lap, um, to start getting dry tires, and then. Um, or, or just you know to start changing tires because their their wets were running out and uh, so the timing just really worked for Vettel today. It really every time it you know then the restarts he was able to manage those and then this you know the safety cars right when he needed them uh, it worked out uh, astonishingly well for him. So anyway we had that 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 part of the race where it's you know everyone's starting to switch to dry tires it's starting to get a little crazy and uh, definitely just mixing up the order and and in all this button is just charging forward. I mean just through pit strategy through the you know the safety cars keeping the track. Uh, you know the the whole field bunched together on track and all that, and uh, was able to just to to make his way up through the field and you know some great passes on the. Um, he you know, Button was possessed. He was shocking because he's bad at passing. I mean, let's be honest <laughs> with ourselves here. He is a terrible passer, and he you know he he makes moves when they're safe and when he knows he can stick. Today he was just he was just like parting the seas of cars and they were just moving across left and right and left and right he was putting in competitive times on every set of tires he was early to go to inters in the first part of the race before it was red flagged and he was faster than everybody else then we then he's one of the early adopters to slicks after the red flag he was faster he started he went he was down in 21st 
after he had the cut tire with Alonzo, and he starts storming through, and then, uh, you know, a few laps later, he finds himself in fourth place, racing against Schumacher and Weber for second, and that whole series, that series of five to ten laps or whatever it was, was so awesome yeah, for that- so many reasons. You know, first off, seeing Schumacher in second was sweet. He was like, it was so cool to see him being really feisty and really competitive and doing really well. And he genuinely was doing well. And then to see, then all of a sudden, Durs was enabled. And I was like, I completely forgot about that. Yeah, and then, it was uh, like lap 47 when we got DRS because they don't allow it during safety car periods. They didn't allow it during the, the heavy rain. So it took until I think like lap 47, almost lap 50 oh, out yeah. of 70. And all of a sudden, exactly. it's, like, it's like DRS enabled. And you're like, oh, yeah, hit the Durs. <laughs> Hit the nerves. So we, uh, you know, so we got that all of a sudden, and boom, you know, uh, uh, Button makes a pass on Weber, and then boom, Button ma- makes a pass on Schumacher, and all of a sudden there's a few laps to go, and you're like, man, Button's gonna finish second. That's awesome. He was in twenty first, and then fastest lap, fastest lap, fastest lap. Yeah, you're like, cause, holy cause shit. Vettel had basically oh, I mean, checked holy, out. Holy shoot! <laughs> holy shoot! Because Vettel had basically checked out. I mean, we had the battle for second was was the excitement, like you say, between Vettel, Weber, and Schumacher, or between uh, Button, Weber, and Schumacher. But uh, right, uh, you know, and then you know Vettel was sort of off in the sunset as as he often is. Um, but then all of a sudden, like you say, you know, we saw this gap from um, from Button to to Vettel, which was like what five seconds, six seconds, something like that. I mean, he was he was back there. Yeah. And then just just clawing away at it, and then eventually he was. Uh, he was actually getting up to just within uh, DRS zone, just within the one second, uh, right. you know, penalty, you know, uh, difference. And you know, the DRS pass, you know, he, I think the DRS helped get him close, but it didn't get him around. Um, right. But then, Jensen Button, um, well, I guess it depends how you how you say this. Either forced Vettel into a mistake, or Vettel just kind of happened to run wide on this corner. But Sebastian Vettel, freaking robotic, winning everything, always pole position, Red Bull best car out there, man, just basically spins it on track and just and button just p- flies right through it was the most incredible thing because i was thinking to myself there button got to second it was like you know five laps to go or something like that and then then when there was three laps to go you know and i was like well there's no way he's going to catch Vettel. but then with three laps to go he was gaining on him and then with two laps to go he was just within a second of um of Vettel. and just like you say he got the durs help to close up and by the time they were breaking into turn one he was pretty close and um and then you're like then you're like holy crap he's gonna have if he stays on on the tack of Vettel he's gonna be in the dur zone on the back straight right before the last lap I'm like he could actually make make this whole thing happen right Mm -hmm. and then with like somewhere around half track just like you say Vettel runs wide and uh Button ends up making the pass but he was shocking to watch and as a Button fan you should have seen me, Jim. I was on the edge of my seat, and I was watching with my brother, Lee, and I was on the edge of my seat, and I'm, like, pounding him on the chest. I'm like, oh, my God, this could happen. Oh, my God, this could happen. And I yelled, and I screamed. And it's like, I'm not related to him. I don't know the guy personally, but I was so happy for him, and it was so cool to watch him drive so well, not in a strategic look at him manage the tire sense, but in a outright speed like no one could drive a race car as fast as jensen button today and that was so cool to watch 
And I absolutely loved it. And to see him win and to see how happy he was when he won, when he won, the fact that he went into the pit six times, the fact that he was penalized, the fact that he was in 21st place at the time, the fact that he's not Lewis Hamilton, and yet this all happened, is incredible. And it was so cool to watch. By far the best race of the season and perhaps, for me at least, the best race I've ever seen in Formula 1. So cool to watch. That's a big claim. Best, uh, best ever. Yeah, I mean, it, with with the taking out the you know the the two hour nap we took in between uh, red flag and, and, <laughs> and rejoin. Yeah, uh, and and that's funny. Following some of the some of the people in the stands, uh, you know, on Twitter and stuff. Apparently, a lot of people left at the red flag because they're like, man, it's raining. We're getting really wet. You know, the, the people that stuck out there, man, they were soaked to the bone, but they were so excited especially because there's a lot of grandstands around the hairpin area, and it was just before the hairpin where where Vettel ran wide and, and Button got through, and people were just freaking out. They were just going nuts. So you would have you been right, right there with them. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, it was, it was really just quite a performance. Uh, and and it's, so it's funny. So at the end of this, you know, Button wins, and he's got the baggage of he's got the incident with Alonzo is under review and, you know, by the stewards. The incident, and with, the incident with, with Hamilton. Hamilton is under review, yeah. so there's a potential for him to either be disqualified or get some drive, you know, post-race drive-throughs added or whatever. So he's probably like, yeah, I'm excited, but what the heck's going to go on? Thankfully, we can report the stewards have decided no further action, no penalties, you know, which no no penalties uh, will be awarded, which is really good. I mean, I would really hate to see this taken away from Button, especially after such a hard-fought victory. So uh, yeah. you know, the, there was, uh, I mean, the stewards seem to investigate just about everything that happened today. Um, there was a there was a bird on track that was maybe not you know didn't have the right credentials and they were investigating that I think for a while. So uh, uh-huh. there was, there was a that's lot. Not safe. There, I mean, there was a lot of oh, stewards are going to investigate this and like anything anytime anything interesting happened, uh, you know, it's sort of like in Monaco. It's like the only way you can make passes is to be crazy, and then uh, you get you do something crazy and you get investigated. But thankfully, in this case anyway, um, no penalty applied for Button. He wins the race uh, over Sebastian Vettel, um, and and Vettel rubbed me a little bit the wrong way, I think, in the in the press conference and whatever, because he's just like, oh, it was really tough and blah, blah, blah. You know, not like, you know, hey, I screwed up, but I'm still leading this thing by a mile in terms of points. I still, you know, I'm able to put it on pole almost every weekend. Uh, and, and, you know, and like, and hey, good job, Jensen. But he's just, I mean, he's frustrated with himself and he's just kind of, ah, you know, really tough and blah, blah, blah. It's like, dude, you didn't have a car in front of you getting spray off the whole time. You talk about tough. Come on. What about everyone else? Yeah, and that's the that's the one part I missed because uh, I didn't I didn't get the opportunity to switch over to the speed coverage, which is where the interviews were uh, in enough time. But you know, I, I was just beginning to read the uh, transcripts from it when we started our whole little uh, trip down technology lane here to uh, podcast. So uh, it, it's definitely a shame to hear that. You know, Vettel, in terms of this championship, he's going to be okay. You know, like, I definitely agree with you that he needs to, you know, not worry about it. But, I mean, it is the one thing that's impressive about Vettel is that, you know, because we saw this um, when Hamilton won the race earlier this season. He's like, man, we got a lot of work to do. we got to take a look at this. We're going to learn from this and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, you know, you finish second and it's the first time you haven't won. You know what I mean? And, like, this is another thing. It's like this is the only other time you haven't won and you finish second again. But he still looks at it as a okay, if we're not totally dominating, he seems genuinely focused on anything other than total dominance is unacceptable, which is kind of an impressive thing to, to do. Do you know what I mean? Like 
to to really feel that way, and it it really seems genuine to me. Yeah, although if you remember, um, you know, Jen, uh, like yeah, Jensen, uh, even in, when he was in the dominant Braun car, um, was just like, you know, just chuffed to bits every time. You know, he get on the podium, this dude is like just really really happy and just you know, oh man, what a great you know everybody just did amazing and wow, how cool is this and you know we're all just doing well. Like it was just more of a you know, just excitement and not quite so much of a, you know, you know, these bits of machinery have gone wrong and they must be fixed and, you know, something is broken if we don't <laughs> win kind of approach. Uh, so, you know, it's all, uh, it, it, you know, every, obviously everyone's got their personality and it all goes. But if, you know, like Weber was sort of like, oh, yeah, congrats, gents, you know, like good work, blah, 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 you know, good race. We're doing our thing. You know, we're, we're kind of old and this, this Vettel kid's not winning everything and that's good. You know, like it was, uh, <laughs> you know, a little more, a little more human, I guess, is the, is, is what I'm, what I'm going for there. Um, but, so I, Mm-hmm. Uh, so I I, I want to so I'm a big Jensen fan. You know that it's been that way for years, right? Yeah. Uh, I have to admit this to you because I know you'd appreciate it. So with about 20 laps to go or 10 laps to go, when Button was making all these passes, and I told Lee, I said, 20 bucks, Lewis Hamilton, you know, knocked out Jensen and stole his helmet and put and put his and put Jensen's helmet on and got in Jensen's car after the red flag. Yeah. There's no way Jensen could drive this way. Like I was convinced that Lewis was in Jensen's car with Jensen's helmet on. Um, just cause you know, Jensen drove like Lewis. Do you know what I mean? And Jensen doesn't drive like Lewis. <laughs> and, uh, so I mean, I'm still, I still look back at that race and I, I'm shaking my head cause I cannot believe how great it was to watch and to be a button fan to see that happen was so sweet. Um, uh, but I don't, I don't know what you, I, I kind of interrupted. It's harder to have a conversation when we're actually 600 miles away, but, uh, I don't know what you were about to say. I, I really want to talk about Schumacher. Yeah, actually I was going to go through some of the other, uh, honorable mentions and, uh, and big stories, um, besides the, uh, where the Red Bulls ended up and obviously our, our boy Jensen, but, uh, yeah, man, Schumacher, um, I guess, that's, I mean, they had solid performance today, but if you want to start talking about uh, any particular details, go ahead. Well, so Schumacher found himself for the last safety car. Um, he had gotten around Kobayashi, and he was in second place behind Vettel. So it was, you know, the reigning world champion against the seven-time world champion, both Germans, blah, 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 all that, like, sappy stuff. But when you get to the meat and potatoes of it, here was Michael Schumacher – in second place in the rain, keeping Vettel honest, you know, Vettel ended up pulling his gap, but he was running really, really well. And his car, you know, isn't as good as the Red Bulls or the McLarens or the Ferraris for that matter. Yet he was holding off Weber and Button really well in second place. And it wasn't until the Durs went active that they really could make something stick. And I was so pleased to see the old man going out there and giving up some stick. You know what I mean? Like, I was really happy for the guy, and I really wanted to see Schumacher on the podium. Yeah, there was a potential for that, uh, and it was it was pretty wild to see. And, and actually, I, I you know, the other, men- the other uh, incident I want to mention was after, I think, you know, near the end of the race, after the pit stops have shuffled around and so on, and he was somewhere about uh, sixth, I want to say, or seventh or thereabouts, um, he had, you know, two cars in front of him that were themselves battling and you know, going trying trying to you know take any advantage to each other. Um, yes, to, yes, was, yes. Was it Massa or is it what uh, Massa and Petrov? I forget who it was exactly now. Yeah, it was either Massa and Petrov or Massa and Heidfeld. 
Um, I can't remember which yeah, one. Because Heitfeld had that spectacular late race. Uh, you know, his, he broke his front wing by crashing into Kobayashi, and then the front wing went under his car. And, went, you know, there's a lot yep. going on. Every time you mention yes. someone, it oh, reminds we're, me of we're missing so many there's, there's stuff. Craziness. But, yep. um, you know, it was it was these two cars battling each other through this corner, and, and Schumacher, on, you know, was which who was originally way behind them, but these cars were slowing each other down so much, Schumacher was able to sort of come up out of nowhere and end up taking a tighter, cleaner line through this corner and make just this double pass in one move. It was not from DRS. It was not, I mean, it may have been partly Kurz, um, but it was, you know, just just sort of a cunning racing move. And you're like, oh, okay, that's that's that guy, you know, like, that's, yeah, absolutely. that's Schumacher. All right. And uh, so, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. So you know we've we've been we've been tough on Schumacher for you know he's got his comeback and he's been old and he's been pretty disappointing performances and all that. But uh, well, he's still old and he's getting older. That's true. I'm just... But sort of like with Alonso, it's sort of like whatever you you know think about the guy and however you feel about him or whatever. Um, it's like you know he he showed you know today. It's just like you know he's he's got that cunning still and he's got the potential you know when the car comes together and the sort of the setup right. comes right it's like that's there's still some magic there that can happen yeah absolutely so he ended up finishing fourth he didn't get on the podium but still that's a really good result for him he genuinely outpaced his teammate young nico rosberg and uh you know really went out there in a you know and and showed some real pace and i was I was genuinely pleased for for the old man. Do you know what I mean? And it's like uh, it, it's nice to see that performance. And I also this reminds me. I have to give credit to the announcers um, for the American television at least once because they did say it, but only once and only about Schumacher. As Schumacher was racing really well, he said, "Well, you know, Schumacher is really good in the rain." And I'm going, "Ah!" No, they, they, it was more than once. I, they, well, this is the Rainmeister we're looking at here. I mean, there was there was definitely they're oh, like, okay. "Oh, he's really good in the rain." I think they did maybe say it about Lewis as well, but okay, uh, yeah. But our, they, our listeners they remember back that on that a little bit. So a, yeah, it's a big pet peeve of ours when they say, "Oh, this guy's really good at passing," and "Oh, this guy's really hard to pass," or you know, it's right, like, exactly. They're all pretty good at passing. They're all That's, pretty hard to pass. They're all pretty good right. in the rain. That's right up there with, you know, sports commentators like, I think the team that scores, scores most points is going to win this game. It's like, yep. It's like, this race doesn't end, doesn't end until the checkered flag. It's like, yep, exactly. We knew that. <laughs> yep. Um, but, no, speaking of checkered flag, we did actually have somewhat of a photo finish today for sixth spot. Um, oh, that so was so sweet. Kamui Kobayashi in the Sauber, who was originally, who was actually up in second, I think actually during the red flag and stuff, he was all, he was second during that, yep. but then ended up, lo- yep. you know, losing out after that. Um, but, uh, you know, they're going down the, the back straightaway, um, and, and Felipe Massa is behind him. He gets up close to him using, using the Durs, um, but, uh, but doesn't get around him there. But it's basically on the exit of the, the last little, uh, right, uh, yeah, right left chicane where there's champions wall on the outside and, uh, and the start of a drag race. And it's just, yeah, this, this, you know, just drag race to the finish line in that case. Um, and, and, you know, Kobayashi just got a little bit more wiggly than he wanted to, maybe took a little bit too much curb, just had, to, you know, just a fraction of a second of a bobble. And, uh, and Masa saw that and got the hammer down and, you know, was just able to make this one move out to get to right beside him. And it was just, you know, traction versus traction. And, uh, you know, just these guys, uh, right down to the finish line. And it was sort of, you know, just about too close to call by, by, you know, you know, by looking at it. And, uh, I think it was five hundredths of a second or something apart, but Masa did just barely make the pass on Kobayashi right. and take sixth spot. And that was cool. Absolutely. To see, and I didn't even know Ferrari had a hammer in the car, so that's awesome that he put it down. Well, Massa's got that, yeah. 
So, yeah, that was awesome to watch. And good for Kobayashi to finish seventh in such a diabolical race when a lot of guys couldn't even finish. For him to be in a sober and finishing seventh and running as high as second and dicing with all the people that he was dicing with. And, you know, he had some tight battles. He ended up losing a, a big chunk of them, but he wasn't giving anything up easy, and he was racing really, really well. I mean, he's he's a solid talent. Yeah. So, and then just looking at the the uh, results here and so on, I mean, there's I, I, I think I kind of need to digest this race a little bit more. Uh, you know, kind of looking at the lap chart and, okay, how did this guy get in that position or whatever? Because there's, I mean, like Nico Rosberg um, ended up qualifying or, or ended up finishing 11th, you know, and it's like he started 6th. And I'm like, how exactly did he lose out and all, you know, and then both STRs had points finishes. And it was just kind of, you know, there's a, a lot that happened, obviously. I didn't have the benefit of uh, rewindability on a, on a DVR or anything. So, uh, I, you know, we, we apologize greatly if we uh, are, are missing the one thing that you really wanted us to talk about the most. Um, <laughs> but... We did have plenty of feedback. In this case, a lot of real-time feedback through uh, Twitter and Facebook and everything as we were watching the race. So uh, let's let's hear from the fans. What do you say? Of course, as always, it's our favorite part of the show. It's listener feedback. And as always, we're going to start with the people that commented on the F1 Show page itself because that's where all the action is. So I want to give a big shout-out to No Comments. Jerks! What is this? No comments. <laughs> hey man, come on! It's it's, it's a it's a short uh, interim between the last race and. Oh, well, made me cry. Well, hey, theoretically, I, I I am I think our our Facebook and Twitter presence has more than made up for that. We are closing in on a thousand fans on Facebook, and uh, if that you, is crazy. If you that are is crazy. not a part of that, uh, just please visit f1show.com. And from there, you can comment on the blog posts, which obviously makes Robin happy. Uh, you can see our, <laughs> a link to our Facebook page uh, where there's great discussions going on there. That's where our predictions happen. And uh, you can obviously – there's people posting photos from you know people that are going to these events. And there's lots of comments and discussions going back and forth and lots of very smart people. And occasionally we even show up. Uh, and uh, so anyway um, – some, some great i'm okay with the fact that we don't have comments on the blog post because we've got such great fans that are being involved on facebook and twitter and so on um you're so diplomatic jim well you know one of us has to be uh, <laughs> so and it has you oh jeez. <laughs> so uh so from from the twitterverse quickly uh you know chris Alsup, um you know during just midway through the, through the race here he's like oh the turs are playing a bigger part than usual so he's taking our curs durs and turs and really really running with it um, you should trademark that somehow. And then, well, then he added, and the showers, if it's raining. <laughs> That's cute. Yeah. Our fans are so adorable. Yeah. Um, You're adorable, Chris. Our, our friend uh, in Australia, Ziggy F1, um, was, you know, reminded me that it was, uh, it was like 3 o'clock, something in the, in the morning. It was like 4, you know, 4 a.m. or something when he's watching this. And I'm like, hey, it's great. It's on our time zone. But it actually is kind of screwball for the Australians. Um, that uh, So, they're, you know, they're, it's Monday morning at like 4 a.m. and they're watching this race and then it's delayed for two Ouch. hours and I'm like I'm like mate go take a nap you know we'll wake you up if the race comes back on but dude it's 4 a.m. like don't stick with this wow it's crazy yeah no kidding. yeah well that, now they know how we feel when it's in Japan or something but I guess in a lot of in a way that is worse because you know you have Sunday to recover for us yeah we're kind of um, on the, the other end of it I guess Hawaii you'd be kind of the the sweet spot for F1 coverage or, or not I don't know but uh, also uh <laughs> Um, it's, well, it'd be the sweet spot in the sense that you don't do anything in Hawaii, so it doesn't matter. So it's, it's whatever, dude. It's Hawaii. You know, you're like, oh, I'm watching yeah. this race. It's delayed. Oh, but I'm at the beach. Yeah, I'm going to go sip a Mai Tai. 
Okay, we di- we digress. Yes, um, <laughs> we and, should go to Hawaii. That That's be- what, that is where the F one show. Ha- Jim, that is brilliant. We're we're packing up. We're moving shop. F one show headquarters in Hawaii. Done. Fair done. Enough. All right. You got frequent fire points. It's all good. Yeah, I guess all we need is a one way ticket. Um, so, <laughs> as we mentioned, this this uh, this race was on Fox, uh, you know, which is like Speed Channel's big brother. It's one of the major networks. And uh, so when it when it started being delayed. All of us in the U.S. were worried of, like, when is Fox going to get fed up with this delayed, you know, F1 race, which, you know, a lot of Americans, you know, according, you know, probably to their numbers, they think, oh, you know, it's F1. It's not so big in the U.S. You know, how I'm like, we were kind of wondering how patient are, is Fox going to be having this on kind of prime Sunday afternoon real estate? And, and they're basically all, all the... Uh, you know, they're showing pictures of ducks on the wet track, and they're doing, like, flashbacks to random F1 races and stuff like that. So uh, Max Headroom 6 on Twitter um, was saying, yeah, every time Fox goes commercial, I'm afraid of either a green flag happening and we miss it or a two-and-a-half-man rerun because, you know, they're like, hey, they're either going to come <laughs> to some, some screwball other TV show or, uh, you know, you know, maybe lose us all together. Uh, and then, uh, you know, also uh, Habibi F1 um, asks us to be nice to Shumi. And I think that we did that today. I think that we, oh, we gave oh, yeah. him his, his fair shake. And, uh, you know, so hopefully uh, everyone everyone's okay with, you know, our, our fair and balanced coverage. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's funny, too, because uh, I was actually really impressed. I'm like, Fox is sticking with this. This is awesome. Even though it's Sunday afternoon. Like, I thought, like, my worst fear is gonna, it was going to switch to golf or something. And then... Uh, well, I think it was, then, it was slated to be like a, a someone said a, an eleven-year-old King of the Hill rerun of you know of a cart. It's like okay, come on. If it's if it's another live event, you can sort of make the case that like okay, there's people that want to watch this golf or whatever. But like you know, a rerun of an old cartoon. Thank you, Fox, for not going back to that. Something that oh, people sure. can easily find a million other ways. So what was funny is is that we spent you know it was four hours and fifteen minutes of coverage according to my TiVo, but Fox. Did cut it off right at the end of the race. So if you wanted to watch interviews and stuff like that, that was on speed in the United States. Yeah. So what you don't know, Jim, is what was on afterwards, which was uh, extra Hollywood with Mario Lopez, and it was <laughs> this like, just conglomerations of all these random things that are happening in reality TV and other TV. So there was like a teenager auditioning for one of the new like uh, American Idol knockoffs and all this kind of crap. I'm like, really, really. I couldn't. I couldn't watch the interviews because of this. You take four hours and fifteen minutes to show me the race and all this excitement thing, and I can't watch ten, mer- ten more minutes because I need to see some eleven-year-old sing a song. Yeah. Well, anyway, on the Facebook page, um, you know, Paul Peard, as ever, is uh, one of our one of our top Facebook commenters. Uh, he was getting downright uh, frustrated for a while here with with all the different safety cars coming in out coming out, and you know, he's like, "Oh, come on, guys, does it rain like this in Austin?" And uh, first I post, you know, not usually this time of year. And actually right there during then it was 97 degrees and partly cloudy in Austin. So next year the Austin race is going to be right around almost exactly this date. And uh, we're thinking, man, if it was 97 and partly cloudy, we'd be racing on here. We'd be done with this race by now. Um, Although then looking back at uh, some of the historical data, uh, there have been days you know, these June days in Austin where they've gotten five inches of rain in a day. So I guess, you know, just because it's in Austin and a lot of times it's nice out, uh, it can get crazy and there can be tornadoes and all kinds of things in Austin. So who knows what's going to happen next year with the USGP. But, uh, you know, thanks. Yeah, but it could could also be sunny in Britain. That doesn't mean it happens. Yeah. Uh, Also, uh, Bernard, I can imagine. I'm just going to speed through that one and hope that we're close. Uh, I love it when you fumble through names because that's usually my job. That's awesome. Just call him Bernard. (laughs) Bernard A. Bernard Bernard A A says. 
and uh, and you know Laurie Jordan, Sean Scanlon, um, and, and a lot of the usual suspects, uh, Colin Sato and them. Um, but there's there's probably like 150 posts on our on our Facebook page just from today, uh, just with everyone like this is crazy. This race has been delayed forever. And, oh my God, this is crazy. And Jensen Button and oh, safety car. And, oh, it was it's was, it was really great. So uh, if you haven't been following that, you you, uh, you should be. And uh, um, yeah, that's 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 pretty much what I've got. Uh, that's all I got. No comments. <laughs> Still on that no comments thing, huh? All right, let's do, <laughs> let's do some trivia. Trivia. Yes, of course, it's trivia time. And this last podcast, we had a stunner of a question, uh, which I will repeat for you now. And the question was, in about a week ago, two weeks ago, whenever it was, Sebastian Vettel won the Monaco Grand Prix, and he was German when he did it. And the question was, how many times have I said in the question was? He was German when he did it. Okay. (laughs) The question was, when was the last time a German won the Monaco Grand Prix? That is the worst repeat of a question I have ever done. And I've done some bad ones in the past. Uh, It's it's because I'm not close to you, Jim. I can't. Your vibe isn't rubbing off on me, which apparently is positive. Uh, and the answer, which I also have, was Michael Schumacher in 2001. Yes, it was a decade ago back when Schumacher was young and virile and driving a Ferrari. And he won Monaco in 2001. He was the last German to do so. He was German Since, when that happened, actually, as well. He was totally German when that happened. Uh, in 02, it was David Coulthard that won Pablo Montoya. And then Jarno Trulli in his one-off in the Renault. Kimi Raikkonen won it in 2005. Uh, Fernando Alonso won it in 2006 and in 2007. Renault in 06 and McLaren in, in 07. Lewis Hamilton won it in 08 in the McLaren. Jensen, Braun, Jensen Button won it in 2009 in the Braun, and Mark Weber won it last year. And none of those gentlemen are German. So there you have it. There it done be had. So uh, Sebastian Vettel has, you know, who is happens to actually still be German, strangely enough. <laughs> Um, has, led, has led loads and loads of laps this year and uh and actually every lap of the race today except the very last one when it mattered which is kind of interesting because if you remember last year he didn't lead the championship at all until the very end when he won it so it's kind of the funny you know the parallel here he's wearing winning you know leading every lap of the race until it matters um, that is very funny and it is parallel all right wise guy and um <laughs> So, which which raises the question, you know, so uh, when was the last time someone led every lap of the race except the very last? And uh, so it was, who was it, and uh, which race was it? So where and when? So it's kind of a three-parter, if you really break it down, of who, where, and when. Ooh, it's a threefer. I know you're big on those multi-parters. So, to answer this question... Can I guess? Can I guess? Can I guess? Can I guess? I guess. Was it it Sebastian Vettel in the Canadian Grand Prix about four hours ago? Uh, no, it was who else was the question. Oh, dang. Yeah. Anyway, uh, to answer the question, uh, you can uh, feel free to, to just answer it in your head and get the satisfaction of knowing you're either correct or the sadness of knowing that you're incorrect when you listen to our next show. Or if you'd And if like that's to, the case, you should drink a Pepsi in shame. Or if you'd like to uh, post the answers for others to see and talk about, then you can do so on the Facebook page and Twitter stream and all the rest of it. Uh, and the best way to get to all that stuff is f1show.com. And we'll be uh, answering that question and asking you another humdinger in the next episode. Speaking of humdingers, though, 
Jim and I are just two people. And, you know, to be honest, neither of us are that bright. Jim is much brighter than I am, but still that doesn't make him a rocket scientist. And we have been providing trivia questions to the best of our ability, like I just mentioned, is low. So what we would like to do is challenge all of you to uh, show us how smart you guys are and to send us trivia questions and answers. And here's the cool thing about it. If uh, you send us a trivia question that we like and an answer that is correct, and we will check, um, we will announce uh, – we will give your trivia question on the show instead of doing one of our own. And you will get all the credit for it, which you can then go to your work place of work and brag about it for the rest of your life. So You'll be um, like a tier if, three internet celebrity, really. Yes. Yes. You'll be on the C list. And uh, so here's how you do it. Uh, let's not do it with Facebook and Twitter because that might spoil the fun just a little bit. But just shoot us an email, feedback at F1show.com uh, with a trivia question and answer. And uh, if we like it, we will totally use it. And we'll be like, so-and-so has this trivia question for you. And it will be lots of fun. I think it will be neat. So, uh, yeah, that's going to start as soon as you guys start sending us stuff. You hear it here first, folks. It will be neat. <laughs> it'll be keen and lovely all right uh i'm excited about uh about this next section section of our show so let's do predictions so it's predictions and just to recap briefly um we started this as kind of wouldn't it be fun to see how how accurately we can predict what's going on, uh, you know, who's going to be successful in the next Grand Prix and so on. We've actually done this for two years now or two and a half years or something um, with just kind of putting it out there. And sometimes, you know, uh, sometimes we're accurate, sometimes we're not. And then uh, a while ago it was suggested to see are we actually any better at predicting what's going to happen, who's going to, you know, win uh, – who's going to get pole position, who's going to win the next race. Are we any better than a simple heuristic model that would just say, hey, whoever won last time is going to win this time, and whoever was on pole last time is going to be on pole this time. And uh, so this week, uh, or, or from, from Monaco, from the last predictions, um, I went the safe route. Um, I said, you know what, I can't bet against Vettel. Um, I think he's going to be on pole. I think he's going to go and, and win the race. And that turned out to be, you know, it was, it was a safe strategy, but, but it ended up working. I only got one point because Vettel ended up finishing second. And uh, we just basically award points for however many spots away from the win or away from pole position the driver you picked ended up being. That's how many points you get. So fewer points is better. And, um, and Robin, you had, uh, I think, also Vettel on pole position because it's really hard to bet against him for pole this year. Right. Um, I'm experiencing technical difficulties, Jim. I can't hear you. Uh, maybe we should just end the podcast now. No, you know, I, I'll just go on without you then. Um, no, it's the technical difficulties. You yeah. See? Mm, no, I don't, so think, I don't think it's that. that. I'm pretty that's sure. That's going to be bad for everybody. I'm pretty sure it says Hamilton next to your name there. Uh, no. Which was a reasonable, the, which was a reasonable prediction, except that he is far too aggressive and uh, can't stay on the track for more than well, a few laps of green lap running. And so here's the thing. Fourth this weekend. I have clairvoyant, like you know, godlike abilities to predict what's going to happen in a race. But you know what I can't predict is the effing weather. So it's not my fault that because we all know Lewis Hamilton is terrible in the rain. We all know that. I mean, it's 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 it says everyone knows that, right? He's bad in the rain. We all knew this was going to happen. I should get a mulligan, and I would like to say that if I were to get a mulligan, which I should get, 
that I knew that a McLaren was going to do well. It was just a little fuzzy on which one. And since it's since it was raining, clearly since you know, Button's okay, really good. Right, you know what? That, that's great. I'm going to just cut you off there because this could go on for a while. Um, <laughs> I, I, I got hoaxed. I happen to. Well, okay. Seven laps in, everyone's going, then boom. I'm like, oh, no. I saw that, I saw that rear wheel just flopping around off the car, and I'm like, oh, Robin's prediction. <laughs> and, hey, we've said it before. We've said it to a few people because there were a couple of people that were bummed out. Like, oh, you know, my predictions are really high at the beginning because I didn't know about this. It's like all it takes is one race and boom. So I went from what? Second to seventh in one race. Yeah. In one race, I went from being ahead of Jim. I've been ahead of Jim in all season and boom, now I'm seven points behind. That's all it takes. So our it's, our brilliant fan, Neil Popham, has put together this Facebook application. And if you go to our Facebook page, you can you can find it right there. And uh where basically before every race, uh, before the before the qualifying, and actually, and when you and I do it, it's this weekend we'll predict for for two weeks from now, you know, for the for the following race weekend. So we have no knowledge of what the weather is going to be or any kind of developments that happen between now and then. Uh, but uh, so, you know, you can play along with this as well and see how well you do. Uh, and and so um, the statistical model actually is tied for first. Also, James Payne, um, massive shout out for being very smart slash lucky um, and only having eight points. So James Payne is just as good as a computer um, at, at predicting this stuff. And the rest of us are all worse. <laughs> um, <Yes. laughs> but, uh, so it's Will Carver in third place. I'm in fourth place now with 24 points. Then Craig Wilson, Christopher Tate, Robin Warner, you are there in the, with 31 points in seventh. And then Ken Frischnecht, Bodhi Tuladar, Sean Scanlon. And it goes on from there. So, um, a lot of people, I think, picked Hamilton. A lot of people lost out. So, I mean, you're not. We're, we're both in the top ten still, which is good. I mean, it's it's it is a little bit sad, but with the way the season has gone, kind of predictable that the statistical model would do so well with just the repeat success of Vettel, and that when he doesn't win, he comes second, and it's not a uh, not not a whole lot of uh, deviation from that this year. Um, yeah. So that's that's kind of how that how that goes. Although what this does mean is that uh, for next uh, next race in Valencia, uh, the statistical model will predict uh, Vettel for pole position, which is probably a pretty safe bet. But also Button to win, and that may not be such a safe bet. So maybe we can gain some spots up on Team Microsoft Excel. So that being the case, Jim, who is going to be on pole in Valencia? Seabass Vettel. Ooh, shocker. Okay, you're going with Seb on pole. Do you think he's going to be able to have the have the gumption to win the race? He's going to be able to I don't, hold it together. I don't want to go Vettel Vettel again. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that uh, that our boy Weber actually makes it happen. Well, Mr. Weber is going to make it happen. He didn't have a brilliant but race no, in Valencia art- last year. I've read articles that he um, he's still having trouble coming to grips with these Pirelli tires. Alas, it is already written down. There's nothing we can do about it. Um, I, I think, am going to shock you and awe you at the same time. Okay. So please sit down and be prepared for it. I'm sorry. I think that... Jerome D'Ambrosio. I, I got it in there. It's written down. All right. Done. Fernando Alonso is going to be on pole and win the race. Oh. I'm putting a Ferrari out there, and I'll tell you why. Uh, they were quite good in Canada. It was pretty impressive. And Valencia is another one of those tracks that's it's not a bunch of high speed stuff. It's, you know, just tons of corners constantly. And um, and, uh, you know, 
they don't seem to have as good of a race pace, but just for some reason, I I feel compelled to not put Vettel on Polar to win the race. So that, as much as anything, is is part of my motivation. The other thing was is I was impressed at Ferrari's performance in Canada, even though it didn't really turn into anything. But I mean, Alonso was I think very likely to be on the podium in Canada had he not been buttoned. So. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to see if he can't turn that into something in Valencia because it's like I said it's another track that doesn't traditionally suit all the Red Bull's strengths which doesn't mean the Red Bull will be slow it just means the Red Bull won't be as much faster does that make sense so in a way that's 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 my prediction and and I have another thing for us to predict this is going to be a little bit more unofficial but um, we we got requests for something uh, something that is um, something that is similar to how we predicted who's going to finish thirteenth because Button was winning everything. Yeah, and uh, I think I've come up with what I think is a fun uh, fun uh, alter, um, alternative to that because I didn't want to just say who's going to win thirteenth again. So this goes to all the fans, Neil. If you want to add this to predictions, please feel free to do so, but please don't feel obligated to do so. This one's really more for fun. I don't think it has to count for points. I think this is more of an exhibition round kind of thing. But I call it the uh, the Monaldo match. So where is Williams driver uh, Monaldo going to finish? Pastor Maldonado. That or, guy. Or Monaldo, as you started calling him. <laughs> Maldonado just sounds so pedestrian. So I was trying to spice it up. Okay. So so uh, I guess we could call this new feature, Donde esta Pastor? How about the Pastor position? Ooh, oh, that... <laughs> we'll start with P. That sounds a little bit weird. Um, <laughs> all right. So uh, so should we start now for where we think Pastor yes. is going to yep. end up? Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, so for historical reference, um, for this race, he was classified 19th because he... Uh, was uh, nine laps down and didn't quite finish. Oh boy, um, I'm gonna say he comes thirteenth. Actually, <laughs> well, well, just a whole, just a bunch of lovely symmetry in that. Uh, I am going to say that he finishes eleventh. There you go. <laughs> All right then. <laughs> Play at home, kids. It's gonna be fun. All right. Well, I think we should uh, we should wrap this thing up, and uh, you, you certainly need to get to bed. So. Uh, we thank you everyone for listening, for bearing with us. Uh, hopefully the, uh, the show and everything, uh, sounds reasonable where it's a little bit hard to, uh, to communicate as well without being able to, to nudge Robin and in person and, uh, you know, gesture at him and so on. Uh, but, uh, we, (laughs) are we going to be in the same place in, uh, in two weeks? I think that we will. This is actually the last, uh, interrupted Grand Prix on my schedule so far. Um, oh, you know what we didn't mention? Uh, remember when uh, Bahrain was off the calendar and then it was on the calendar and now it's oh, off the calendar God. again? Yeah. So speaking of like kind of messing things around and messing with calendars and so on, um, I'm pretty sure everyone who follows our show probably knows about that uh, by now. Uh, and certainly you it would. It was a very, very active on the Facebook page. So just yet another reason to check out the Facebook page if you haven't already. Uh, we had a bunch of great conversations about the whole Hamilton situation in Monaco and uh, definitely the whole thing that happened with Bahrain. I mean, my two cents on it on the show is, thank God, 
uh, I, it was uh, just a I just in poor taste, poor judgment, horrible marketing to even consider putting them back on the calendar. And to bump India at the same time just seemed completely odd to me. Yeah, when people must have had travel and plans and tickets and everything booked, you know, and getting to India, which is probably not the easiest place in the world to get to. So, yeah, to change that all around, um, unless that was something that they needed to do, if it was something like like the circuit in Korea where it just, like, really wasn't quite ready in time and it was the last minute and giving them another month to sort things out may have been a benefit – but, uh, yeah, so anyway, as it stands now, since uh, – so now the calendar is actually exactly like it was when you heard from us last time, but there were three days in there where Bahrain was back on the calendar. We were going to be racing in India in December, like December 11th, which is a crazy time yeah. of year to have a uh, – uh, an F1 race, but anyway, I, I can't imagine. Can you imagine? Uh, can you imagine us doing a podcast the day before my birthday? <laughs> How odd would that be? Yeah, yeah. So anyway, that happened, um, and but no. Uh, after you know, with that all sorted out now and behind us, and thankfully, I think we you know we don't have to go into the whole you know politics of the whole situation. Um, we should be able to bring you normal shows from here on out, unless anything crazy happens, which it's bound to do. So. Uh, feel free to uh, visit us on iTunes and uh, download the show there or go right to our website at f1show.com. And we thank you, as always, for listening. I am Jim Lau. And I'm Robin Warner. Uh, y'all take care of yourselves. Until the next time. <laughs> I got to go to bed. <laughs>